One day when the glory comes, it will be ours. It will be ours. Oh, one day when the war is won, we will be sure. We will be sure. Oh, glory, glory, oh. Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack in a series of deliberate and deadly terrorist acts. The victims were in airplanes or in their offices, secretaries, businessmen and women, military and federal workers, moms and dads, friends and neighbors. Thousands of lives were suddenly ended by evil, despicable acts of terror. The pictures of airplanes flying into buildings, fires burning, huge, huge structures collapsing, have filled us with disbelief, terrible sadness, and a quiet, unyielding anger. These acts of mass murder were intended to frighten our nation into chaos and retreat, but they have failed. Our country is strong. A great people has been moved to defend a great nation. Terrorist attacks can shake the foundations of our biggest buildings, but they cannot touch the foundation of America. These acts shatter steel, but they cannot dent the steel of American resolve. Hands to the heavens, no man, no weapon Formed against, yes, glory is destined Everyday women and men become legends Sins that go against our skin become blessings The movement is a rhythm to us Freedom is like religion to us Justice is juxtaposition in us Justice for all just ain't specific enough One son died, the spirit is revisiting us True and living, living in us Resistance is us we have a very special guest for a very special interview for this 9-11 edition of The Awakened Soul. Uh, one of my brothers in arms, podcasting arms, and not just podcasting, life. The prodigal one, JB, is in the building. JB, tell the listeners of The Awakened Soul a little bit about yourself. Uh, first off, uh, Hayes, thank you so much for uh, inviting me for this uh, special podcast. Um, just a little bit about myself, just a just a really a normal guy just a normal guy and uh we met um about a year or so a little over a year ago and um through reddit actually and uh a year later and we're ba you're basically like a, a little brother to me um i re really don't have much to say about myself just a normal dude uh born and raised in new york moved to florida in 1999 and uh just that little detail that i'm uh, also a um muslim uh, an american muslim and I mean, first, let, let me let me just address something. You can't say you're a normal guy and you can we call you the prodigal one. You named yourself that like you're, you're more than just normal. You're, like you said, you're one of my brothers, one of the best people I've personally met. And, you know, there's a stigma of like meeting people on the Internet. You've more than succeeded that you and Andrew Bello like and Coop like for real. It's 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 amazing. Uh, you people would think that we've known each other for way longer than what we have but you know that's part of the reason why you're here on this special edition and because you are a muslim american and you know the, when i was trying to think of a theme of this episode you know i wanted to really you know pay respect to just everything uh, every aspect of 9-11 how it affected americans on both sides of that spectrum and what better way than to ask you and, and you grew up in new york is that correct 
That's correct. But but just so I understand where, where I fit on this totem pole of, of things, I'm basically on this podcast due to affirmative action. Is that correct? <laughs> no. No. Come on. <laughs> just saying, bro. Uh, how the hell do we go? go man. Gosh. <laughs> Well, good one, JB. If you're trying to get me to crack up on air, you you did it. But, uh, oh, man, affirmative action. Still saving jobs in 2017. But, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, let, let's get into it. This is a, a, a pretty hefty topic, all jokes aside. You know, I mean, we're going to add right. levity and we're going to talk about it because we are brothers. We're just going to shoot the breeze and talk shit like we normally do. But, you sure. know, th- this is a, is a serious situation. So, like, it just... Let's start from the top. Go through what your reactions, if you remember where you were when the towers got hit. I, even though this was uh, 16 or so years ago, I literally remember this day like it was every, uh, like it was yesterday. I know that's a cliche statement when it comes to this particular topic, but literally I do. I was a senior in high school. Um, you know, I had, you know, I was living in, in Florida for about a year and a half to this point and I was a senior in high school, and I specifically remember I was in third period, and the teacher said, hey, uh, you know, Jay, can you go to the library and get the, uh, back in those days, for your young audience, a little thing called a VCR, uh, <laughs> can I go get the VCR and television, because uh, she needed to show a vi- us a video, this is before DVDs and such uh, were popular, so I went into the li- library to go uh, sign out for the VCR and the television, and when I go in there, there's uh, two televisions with VCRs, and I see about six or seven people crowded around it. And I'm like, what's going on? This was after the first plane hit. It's, it's after the first plane, but before the second plane. So I asked somebody, I'm like, hey, what's going on? What is this? And then someone said, oh, you know, some idiot um, hit the World Trade Center. So there was no rumblings or talkings of any terrorist attack. It was just somebody hit the World Trade Center. And in my head, I'm thinking... How the hell can a pilot manage to hit the World Trade Center? How bad of a pilot are you? This is exactly what's running through my head. And as I'm thinking this and watching this, the second plane hits and everybody in the room immediately just gasps. And as I'm saying this, I'm getting goosebumps actually. But that's when I realized I'm like, something is wrong here. That that no one it's not just an accident. This is this is supposed to happen. And I remember like uh I, I forgot what station it was that this is we were watching but you know they're yelling on oh this is not this is not a uh this is not a accident we're under attack we're under attack and i i remember legit like kind of not underst- understanding like oh this is scary but not even realizing like a lot of people are about to die right now i i didn't really think about that and anyway i i left the cloud like i I watched for like 10 more minutes. They Obviously, they were not going to give me the television. So I left. I went back. And all I could say was, we're, we're under attack. And the teacher was like, what? What are you talking about? And uh, she's like, uh, I'm like, we're under attack. And she's like, what do you mean? And I said, Some, two planes just ran into the World Trade Center. And she's like, no, I don't think you're, you're right. I'm like, no, I'm telling you. And uh, I guess she tried to call somebody on the telephone, the office. I don't know. No one was answering. And... Um, about f- not even five minutes later, they made an announcement on the PA system. So, uh, you know, uh, the teacher is trying to call the office and trying to get information. She's not getting anybody. The principal says it over the live PA system that 
we are we are uh, we're under emergency right now. He didn't say what the issue was, but he said we're under emergency, and uh, that's it. So I remember the everybody was kind of like quiet for the rest of the period, and the period ended. I said like not even fifteen minutes later, the period ended, bro. When I went, I we stepped out after the period. It was absolutely mass chaos at the school. People were running around. Parents were coming left and right to sign out their kids as if literally the world was coming to an end. And I remember there was so many kids signing out. And then those who were 17 or 18 years of age and had their cars there, such as myself, uh, they were just going, running to the student parking lot and leaving. Not, you know, because you really didn't have to sign yourself out. You could just leave. And uh, I remember myself and my group you know that we had a group about eight nine of us we we all got together and we, we made a decision and of that eight or nine of us i'd say half of us were actually muslim and we said you know what? we're gonna stay for the rest of the day we're gonna stay for the rest of the day and uh yeah we haven't done anything wrong we understand what's going on but we're gonna finish out our day and i'd say about two periods later i got a phone call saying to rush up to the thir- the uh, second floor by uh the english side of the place and when i went there one of my friends, who was also Muslim, somebody randomly just came up to him and said, you did this, and punched him in the face and ran away. He didn't even know who the kid was. So, um, and that's, from that point on is when it became really surreal to me. Wow. Like, I, I so, I mean, let me just kind of parallel that and talk about my day when I, I was living in Germany at the time, and, mm-hmm. um, and we were actually at football practice. It was my freshman year of high school. And they stopped football practice. They called us all in the huddle in a big circle. And they said there was a terrorist attack. The World Trade Center has been hit. And I just I couldn't believe it at the time. And and I wanted to tell not to take away from from your story, but because I was on the other side of that. I lived on a military base, an American military base. When our country just got attacked on our own soil, the base completely shut down. I mean, completely stores, everything, they locked people in. They were having um, the MPs, which is the military police patrol up and down the streets, just getting ready. Because at that point, all American military bases were on high alert because if they were if we got attacked on our soil, what would they do to our bases that were that are all over the world? So school got school got canceled for the next two days after that. Like it was it was a it was a not as tough as I'm sure as it was being here in the states, but you know our whole way of, of life changed. And you know when you when you say that, um, and it, it's a little bit different, I guess, when you're in a foreign country because we did have Muslim students there as well. But at least from what I experienced, we didn't. No one got attacked. No one got treated any differently because at that point, everyone on base is an Amer- American military soldier or related to one. So there's kind of a kinship there, um, right? So, you know, just hearing your story just made me think of, you know, how, how kind of different that is. But I couldn't even imagine. But go ahead. Continue. Um, no, I mean, that was that was really it. Um, from that point on, uh, after my friend, friend got hit, uh, I was like, damn, like this is this may this may be a big thing. Um, obviously, what was taking place was a big thing. But I mean, in my direct everyday life um, at that point, um. I, I finished school. Uh, I, I didn't go to school. I was a senior, so I didn't go to school until uh, 2.40 like the rest of the kids. Uh, I used to leave a couple hours early just because I was a senior. Um, I had a part-time job. I went to the part-time job. And I remember when I went there, um, still, even though I was, I was, you know, 18 years old, I still was not 
necessarily understanding everything that was going on, or I was just kind of in an utter daze. So when I went to work, uh, and at the time, that job, literally every employee there was a female, ranging from the age of 18 all the way up to like uh, mid-60s. The only other male in that company in-house was the owner who wasn't there that day. So when I walked in, all these females are like crying and stuff. And uh, of course, me being in, I, like so dumb, like dumbfounded and, and such being saying such a stupid remark, I went to the uh, the uh, office manager. I'm like, "What's wrong with everybody? Why is everyone acting like this?" And she was like, "Have you not been watching the news?" And then again, I'm like, I thought to myself, like, what an idiotic thing to say. And uh, I was like, you know. And then I started thinking about my family that works around the World Trade Center. And some that work in the World Trade Center. So immediately, I started calling New York. And for anyone who tried to make a phone call that day, I don't know if it was, uh, you know, wherever you were or only if you were calling New York. It was impossible to get through. It was all busy tones. And uh, I never had that happen. Only uh, usually on New Year's, the lines kind of get screwed up on the phones. But outside of that, I've never had that happen. And uh, sad to say, I did know uh, two uh, one specific person who was in the World Trade Center, my dad's cousin's wife, um, mother of four wonderful children. Unfortunately, uh, she uh, did not make it. Um, they ended up finding her her body, actually. Well, actually, not even a body. They found her, what they said was her hand uh, about a week or so later. And uh, also, my best friend, his, uh, his close family friend was in there, a uh, young guy, mid-20s. And uh, unfortunately, he didn't make it either. So really, really uh, tough day to go through, really. Wow. Yeah, I, I I couldn't even imagine something like that. Like My dad's been away to war twice, um, I think, for like a total of like three years total, like as far as if you combine all the time that he was gone. And I couldn't even, even then I couldn't imagine, you know, having someone taken away in a manner like that. Um let, let's 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 kind of move on to the to the next phase. And that is so obviously the September 11 attacks happen as information is coming down from that, as it's 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 becoming clear that we got attacked by Muslims and, you know, um, from Afghanistan and, and, and all that. But how you being an American Muslim, how did that kind of change your way of living or just your interaction if you if you noticed anything there like the the six months to a year after the the 9-11 attacks right so i mean it's it's no secret muslims um were literally public enemy number one for a lot of people um but i took that time um looking back i'm actually happy i did this i took that time to to embrace my religion even closer um, I wanted people to know I had no problem letting people know like, hey, you know what? Yes, I'm Muslim, but not all of us are bad. I mean, we've had we've had other people do bombings. We've had other people do terrorist attacks that one person or a group of people don't talk for an entire race or an entire ethnicity or an entire religion. And uh, I remember my mom telling me in my car, I had this. Uh, uh, it's one of those things that go around the rearview mirror like a little uh, charm or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And this was this was a Islamic one that had uh, Islamic writing on it. They say you put it there for like good luck and for safety and stuff. My mom had always given it to me. My mom said, listen, you need to take take that thing off because if people see, they're going to want to break your car. They're going to want to hurt you. And I said, you know what? Absolutely not. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to change just because of if someone else thinks, thinks uh, you know, ill towards me. That's their problem 
problem. And if they wanna if they wanna do something about it, not that I'm invite I'm trying to invite violence or anything, but I felt I didn't I did nothing wrong, and I'm not gonna change for anyone. Um, a lot of people, you know, started you know, uh, with Muslims, it's normally said that you know you're supposed to grow a beard. Um, I had a beard at the time, and I have a beard now, but my beard is like you. It's not for any religious purpose. It's just because you you like it, or I happen to like it, I happen to, how it looks on me. And my mom again was like, "Oh, you need to shave that." And Muslims left and right were shaving their beards. And again, absolutely not. I'm not going to alter my appearance just because someone else thinks uh, thinks it, it it's it's a terrorist look or whatever the case may be. And uh, yeah, from that point on, I always got looked. Uh, you know, people looked at me sideways. I can honestly say though, my friends that were already in my life as my friends as non-Muslims. Not one of them ever said anything ill towards me or stopped being my friend or anything. Um, just those that didn't know me kind of looked at me two ways. And uh, it definitely made flying after that up until this day very interesting for me. Yeah, I bet. And, you know, it's and it's sad to say, but, you know, everyone looks to put a face on what they're afraid of. And I think at that time, it's just anyone who even looked remotely Middle Eastern Muslim or anything in between just automatically got that look from a lot of people. And, you know, you would you would think that as a society, as a culture, we've come a little bit further than that. But of course, we we haven't. I mean, the more things change, the more they say the same with certain things. Um, And, you know, me and you have had some conversations about, you know, Islam and the the Muslim uh, religion that that it kind of shocked you that I knew certain things about, and you know, I mean, I I haven't talked about this on air yet, but my, my dad is a Muslim. He's, he's a a white American Muslim, which I, I, it's a rare thing, but he is a, a Muslim. And, you know, at that time, I don't think that I really understood that how people were about religion until then. Like I, I, I saw people specifically my dad's family, which that's a whole nother nut to crack one day that I'll probably need to go through therapy for, but kind of treat him, treat him different because of his religion. And it's like, well, you know, clearly he's white. I mean, you guys did grow up together, so, you know, he's not a terrorist, but you know, whatever. Um, and it's, it's, it's like I said, it's just interesting. It's a lot to unpack. That could be a whole episode almost in of itself to, to really kind of talk about that. But, um, so now we're, we're, as you said, 16 years removed, from the 9-11 attacks and any any residual, anything that you still look back on on what you learned around that time that has either strengthened you, your religion, your family, or it still kind of negatively affects you if you have any negative effects. So regarding strengthen, it just strengthened me uh, again because I decided and I chose not to change or not to not to uh, decrease uh, any part of myself because of what happened. Um and for those who don't know me, I'm ridiculously patriotic. I'm sitting right here on my laptop. There's an American flag here. I'm I'm American through and through. I bleed red, white, and blue. Um, so I I was suffering and in pain right next to everybody else on the day of 9/11 and 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 so on. And uh, every year 9/11, my heart aches as well with the rest of the country, uh, or even the rest of the world, if you want to say that on 9/11. Um, as as far as residual things that are happening now, it's the same thing. Um, you know, you know, I love to travel. Me and my wife, we travel a lot, and I'm always the one person that happens to be randomly checked. And to this point, 
I used to get pissed off about it, but not anymore. Only because it's just a. I know what's going to happen. Um, it happens every time. Um, what gets me a little pissed off is then when they start asking me certain questions, like, "Hey, where do you work?" and da da da. And these are n- things that not normally uh, part of uh, questioning that they're just randomly stop you at the baggage area. Like, you know, why are you asking me this? Um, I'm I'm here to get my bags. But I'm talking about baggage baggage claim. I'll have TSA come up to me and start questioning me at baggage claim. Um, and I, I've I've blown up. You know, well, bad choice of words. I've I've uh, I've yelled at them and and, and got to <laughs> arguments with them because uh, you know I, I felt like I was targeted. And um, what you were saying about how you view people and um, people that even look remotely Muslim or anything like that. That is one hundred percent true, and um, I am I am a little ashamed to say, me being a Muslim, the same thing with me. And I'll just tell a quick story. My brother and I, uh, we he's five years younger than me. We traveled. Um, I don't even think it was a, a twelve months after nine eleven. It might have been in two thousand one. Uh, a couple, or actually no, I'm sorry, it was two thousand two. But literally a couple months later, and I remember when we were getting on the plane. There was these two guys who looked Middle Eastern sitting next to my brother. We didn't sit in the same seat. And in my head, I'm like, these guys look Middle Eastern. And I, I obviously, like other people, was very uh, nervous. And uh, I hear these guys talking, and it's definitely not English. And I'm thinking, I'm running through all kinds of thoughts in my head, like, oh, God, what if they, like, decide to attack the plane and i'm thinking in my head what i'm gonna do and uh, what comes into my head is like hey if they get up and start doing anything remotely thing i'm jumping up and i'm throwing fists and i pray to god someone else helps me that's all i'm thinking so you know usually before you're about to land they put on the uh get in your seat and and put on your seatbelts uh sign and usually it flashes we're about to land and that thing comes on as soon as that thing comes on not even 30 seconds later one of the guys get up and goes to the bathroom. So now at this point, I'm terrified. And I'm waiting for this guy to literally come out with like a gun or a knife or something. And all I'm thinking in my head is, how am I going to attack him? Am I going to go from behind, from in front? Literally, this is what I'm thinking. And the guy comes out of the bathroom, just comes out of the bathroom, continues to walk, sits down, and that's it. And I, I just, I'm looking at them the entire time. And we eventually landed, and that was the end of that. So afterwards, I'm telling my brother this story. And my brother starts laughing. My brother's like, what? And he's like, those two guys are not Middle Eastern. They're Spanish. And the whole time, my brother knows a little bit of Spanish. The whole time, those two guys were saying, I hope to hell the guy sitting next to us is not a terrorist that's going to attack us. Which was my brother. Wow. Wow. True story. Wow. That, that right there, it just that encapsulates it all. Like this whole conversation we just had. <laughs> it just, yeah. That, Wow. It just makes you think, right? It makes you think. Everybody's on. Everybody was on red alert at that time. I mean, yeah, especially that that soon after. You know, everybody's going to be on alert. But you know, we, we just can't go around judging people based off their looks. And yeah, that that nine eleven thing is going to forever. It, it changes American history. It changes the way that we all look about how vulnerable now we are to be attacked. You know, for a while before then, I honestly think a lot of people just thought. We'll never be attacked here. It won't happen. Not 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 within our own borders. And that proved that otherwise. And you know, for we're we're a better country, we're stronger for it. It did bring Americans together, but it 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 pushed a lot of people apart too. And hopefully, you know, as we 
talk on this and get ready for this podcast on the, on the anniversary of this. I mean, overall, just the message is we just need to be unified as Americans. Like if nothing else, we all have to inhabit this country together. And, you know, our survival, in a, in a sense, is all intertwined with each other. And, you know, hopefully at some point that that message gets across. I mean, we could talk all day about about the divide in this country and it, it shit's just getting worse around here. But um, anything anything left that you that from not just necessarily 9-11 from life or anything you want to impart on the listeners of the awakened soul um i just have two last things to say number one as far as imparting please don't judge not only muslims but don't judge anybody um by their look just kind of basically what you just said um people who have gotten the chance to know me will genuinely tell you i'm a pretty cool guy that they Um, hate you (laughs) yeah Yeah, but they they they'd be lying. You know, they they hate they 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 uh they like me, and I'm an easygoing guy. I'm a funny guy, and I'm pretty laid back. And but for those who said, hey, you know what? That's a Muslim guy. Or he looks Middle Eastern, or uh, you know anything like that. Um, they would never get a chance to meet me. So uh, not only me, but just give everybody a chance. Now, um, you know, obviously terrorists are are bad people, and and. That's a whole huge thing we can talk about, but um, just remember, not every, not what one group does doesn't make everybody else bad. I mean, you know, you had somebody the Oklahoma bombing. Um, I don't know what religion the guy was, if he was Christian or whatever, but that doesn't mean all Christians are terrorists. I understand what ISIS is doing, and these guys are doing. They're doing it in the name of religion, so it makes it a little bit different. But still, don't segregate a ton of people. There's a millions and millions and millions of muslims around the world um just what a couple thousand are doing uh don't let that tell on what you know the other million are doing um the last thing i want to ask you and um i don't want to be controversial and also i don't want any of your listeners listeners to take this the wrong way or or offensive because god knows i love cj he's like my brother uh you know hayes but i do want to ask you after 9-11 happened, I understand this was a bad situation, but after everything c- calmed down, was there a little part of you that said, and again, I mean no uh, um, offense to this, was there a part of you that said, hey, you know, uh, me as a, as a black man, I'm now not n- the number one enemy, it's now Muslims, not necessarily in a good thing, but just, just you thought about it because like, hey, you know what? The whole world was always like, oh, if you're a black man, it's so hard. Everyone's racist. Well, not everyone, but a lot of people are racist and stuff. But now that 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 most hated really wasn't necessarily the black man. It was more the Muslim Muslim man, if you want to call it. Well, I, I can honestly say that thought never crossed my mind, mainly probably because I was so young. Like I, I was I was 14, just getting into being 14 at that time. So it never really crossed my mind. And as I got older, um, by the time I was in adulthood, we were we were well past the whole 9-11 incident. So I never really thought of it that way. But, you know, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I'm sure a lot of people have. And, you know, it did. The the number one white women, they weren't necessarily well, they were still clutching their purses at black men. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they were while they were clutching their purses of a black man across the street, they were probably running down the street or walking into the nearest building if they saw a Muslim man. And that it's it's. It, it sucks, man. It, that stuff legitimately saddens me that that's how far we come. You, you, me and you have had conversations. You know, I, as much people usually say they don't see race 
And then they only say that to then say something racial. But honestly, maybe it's because I'm coming from interracial marriage. Uh, my uncle is married to a white woman. Like, I just I legitimately almost never really thought about race. Like, I, I would make jokes occasionally at the behest of a few Mexicans. Like, I'm not going to lie. I used to make Mexican jokes all the time. But um, that that was that was really it. So, no, I've never really I can't say that I, I thought that during that time. But that was probably just due to my age. Yeah. And I, you know, I agree with you race, you know, I mean, my family alone, I have three on my, um, on my dad's side, I have three aunts that are Spanish, two are Puerto Rican and one's Ecuadorian on my mom's side. I have an uncle that's Jamaican, um, African American. So, uh, you know, race is nothing for me as uh, you know, it's not, you know, uh, I, I guess in our times that our generation, um, race is not such a huge deal. And even your kids growing up, um, you know, I don't have any kids, but your kids growing up when they're our age and our their thirties, I hope and I pray to God that race is not even our talking point anymore. Yeah, I mean, it'll probably be something else. Like it's always something that kind of divides the the cultures and divides uh, the public. They find something, whether it's freckles or whatever, they'll they'll find something to point out. But you know, hopefully, as we get closer and as we get closer to never no one being just one race like i think we're like it's it's just slowly evolving in that like you said just in my family my dad's my dad's oh is a white muslim my mom's a black christian that's the house i grew up in my great-grandmother so my mom's grandmother was a hundred percent indian like it we're all over the spectrum i have a, i also have a, a uncle that's um ecuadorian so it's it's all over the place man it's just race is just it's one of those things that once you realize that everyone bleeds the same color blood everyone's internal organs work pretty much the same way unless you're sick what why worry about the outward of the skin color like it just i just don't get it like that's truly one of the things that personally for me i can't say that i judge anybody on the race like we everyone makes jokes everyone makes racial jokes but it's not really like I don't know, man. It's that's that's just me though. That's just how I was raised. I was raised not to not to really judge people based off race, so to say. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. And I mean, in this day and age, twenty seventeen, there's so much divers, uh, diversification. Even a small little thing like, you know, uh, I know you've on your on your show. I'm an avid listener of of uh, the Awakened Soul, so I, I listen to all your episodes. So I know uh, you've spoken about the WWPN, your other uh, your other project. Um, you know, where we talk about wrestling and just a small group like that. Look how diverse we are. I mean, we have we have Caucasians, we have Mexicans, we have African-Americans, uh, we have Trump supporters, we have Democrats, we have Muslims. Um, you know, we have a wide array um, of, of diversification. And that's just a small group. What about the entire world? You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Exactly. But that that leaves a lot to talk about. I think we definitely hit the topic here very well. JB, tell the people where they can find you and also plug because you have a couple of podcasts and a YouTube channel. So go ahead and plug your your stuff and then let's go ahead and ride out and uh, take some shots of tequila. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, just to uh, go ahead and uh, plug a couple of my shows, Um, you know, mostly it's all wrestling content. That's uh, that's what I do at this moment. it, we can be reached, of course. Uh, our, our website is thewwpn.com for all of our podcasts. The YouTube channel, uh, just search the 
WWPN. Um, you know, I have weekly shows uh, regarding wrestling on there. Um, also, if you're a, a fight fan, MMA, or really anything as far as combat sports go, boxing, we have a podcast called Cage Town. Uh, you did hear uh, Colin on on uh, one of the episodes. Uh, he's uh, my co-host on that. Uh, Cage Town can also be found on our website the wwpn.com and also i have a new show called break the books for any uh anyone who's interested in sports gambling and things like that uh, i go through a couple strategies and and my thoughts on sports um so definitely give that a listen as well and i can be reached on twitter at the p1jb again that's at the p1jb i just want to thank Hayes so much for uh, inviting me onto the show so we could go ahead and talk about this um an amazing guy. I'm sure everyone listening already knows this already, but absolutely amazing. He's given me the platform to to uh, podcast about something um, I'm so uh, you know I like so much, which is wrestling. And uh, now inviting me to, for this show in a topic that uh, is very close close to me. Um, so again, CJ, thank you so much for uh, inviting me onto the show and uh, for providing this platform for me. Oh, you're very welcome. No, no thanks needed, man. You got the talent. I just, like you said, I provided the platform, but you're the one who nails it home. JB, thank you for joining me. Thank you for coming on the Awakened Soul and talking about about this deep topic. I appreciate it. Anytime, man. Terror is a bunch of bullshit Just a poor excuse for you to use up on your bullets How much money does it take to really make a full clip? 9-11 building 7, did they really pull it? Uh, and a bunch of other cover-ups Your child's future was the first to go with budget cuts If you think that hurts, then wait, here comes the uppercut The school was garbage in the first place That's on the up and up Keep you at the bottom, but tease you with the upper crust You get it, then they move it So you never keeping up enough If you turn on TV all you see is a bunch of what the fucks Dudes dating so and so Blabbering about such and such And that ain't Jersey Shore Homie, that's the news And these the same people Supposedly telling us the truth Limbo is a racist Glenn Beck is a racist Gossip Strip was getting bomb Obama didn't say shit That's why I ain't vote for him. Next one either I'm a part of the problem My problem is I'm peaceful And I believe in the people Yeah It's a Murdering is not Islam and you are not observant And you are not a Muslim Israel don't take my side cause look how far you pushed them Walk with me into the ghetto, this where all the kush went Complain about the liquor store, but what you drinking liquor for? Complain about the gloom, but when you pick a broom up Just listening to pop, ain't gon' make it stop A rebel in your doubts, ain't gon' make it out If you don't become an actor, you'll never be a factor Pills with million side effects, take them when the pain's felt Wash them down with diet soda, killing off your brain cells Crooked banks around the world would gladly give a loan today So if you ever miss a payment, they can take your home away
than all the violence Fear is such a weak emotion, that's why I despise it We scared of almost everything, afraid to even tell the truth So scared of what you think of me, I'm scared of even telling you Sometimes I'm like the only person I feel safe to tell it to I'm locked inside a cell in me, I know that there's a gel in you Consider this shit belling out, so take a breath and hell a few My screams is finally getting free, my thoughts it's is finally getting down